Hello and welcome to Signals from the Hill. I'm Kat and I do marketing for Avery Hill Publishing. In this episode, I'm going to be talking to Cleo Isadora about her book Sour Pickles, which came out in October. Sour Pickles is just one of the great books that Avery Hill published last year. You can head over to averyhillpublishing.com for more information. Our books are available from all good book and comic shops and digital editions can be found on Gumroad. And now here's my chat with Cleo. So I'm here with Cleo Isadora. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? Yeah. Okay, that's good. Um, whose book Sour Pickles came out with Avery Hill in October, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a couple of months ago. Um, so Cleo, what's your, how do you describe the book when people sort of ask you about it? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of a bit of a tricky one because I think it's quite hard and it's like quite a personal story to kind of like remove yourself and kind of give like a really short wording for it yeah but um I, I don't know <laughs> honestly <laughs> well I think that the blurb says that it's semi-autobiographical so it's kind of based on your life experiences I guess yeah I guess it is like obviously yeah it's a semi-autobiographical story about um finishing art school I guess is like the general thing mm-hmm because I wanted to ask about your how you got into comics in the first place. Um, and if we go, if I can go by the sort of storyline of your book, it suggests that you were making comics as part of your degree course. Is that right? Were you doing yeah, making comics before or did you start there? No, I made comics before that, like in middle school mm. and like high school, just for fun, uh, that were really like not very great, just like really biro scrawly, like emo kind of comics. Um, <laughs> and I used, to, I grew up reading them. Like I had quite a lot of gothy comics and like read loads of manga, but um, kind of at well, I kind of knew I wanted to do illustration, so I did a course that was like quite broad and had that in it. And yeah, I did like a comic for one of my final projects, which was fun. It was with like two other people. And then we made like a continuous story as like a three part story. Um, but yeah, that was very different to how I kind of draw now because that was like all hand painted and it looked like quite strange, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, I kind of thought that was like quite a fun way of kind of going into it. Because I always known I wanted to do comics and illustration, but it was kind of building like the skill set to kind of feel confident with being able to do it and just kind of play around with like image making hmm. so did you read comics as well when you were a child or did you get into it a little bit later yeah I got into it a bit later I'd say when I was like a teenager I used to go to like traveling man and just like buy like Joan Vasquez comics and like uh yeah just like bits of manga and stuff like that and just yeah have like a box at my parents house of very like intense kind of comics <laughs> I used to read <laughs> were your was your comic work sort of well received on your degree course because I hear stories where people are kind of tried to they find themselves being talked out of making comics sometimes or were they quite open to it yeah no they were quite open to it um I just felt like the tutors probably weren't like the best for that kind of work because I guess it's so broad of like what people want to do with illustration <laughs> Um, so I kind of felt like a lot of the references they gave me were like really kind of um, kind of entry level into kind of like indie comics so they would say like Dan Clowes and stuff like that mm -hmm. but it's that thing of like when you're doing a project that goes on for a while and they keep saying to like use the same source material but it's like obviously there's such like a broad spectrum of like people in like indie comics that is just a bit 
yeah, you have yeah. to kind of source those references and try and find them because it's just what I was kind of equipped with there wasn't, yeah, as good as yeah. it could be really. But um, I guess they're pretty encouraging of like doing your own thing and like self-publishing if that's something you wanted to do, but the tutors didn't really do that themselves. Right. So I guess like they did like their own kind of freelance like stuff, but it would have been really nice if it was like tutors that kind of were really actively interested in that kind of thing to kind of learn from, get a lot of knowledge from. Yeah, the, the, I'm quite interested in the portrayal of the university experience in your book, because it's kind of, I guess you could say a little bit negative in some, <laughs> some aspects, I don't know how to put it. Um, obviously, you kind of show some real positives, like the sort of uh, friendships that can come out of that sort of situation, but also um yeah there's you're quite critical I think of some aspects of it um is that quite true to your experience the way it's portrayed in the book I guess so I think it took me a while to kind of really think about what I thought of uni I guess when you kind of leave it you can look in hindsight but it was like for me it was like quite a big shock because I guess um I I don't know how to describe it really I guess it's that thing of like you grow up and you're with like people who are quite similar to you and then university is kind of the time when you're kind of thrown into an environment where it's like obviously it's really good to be with like people from those of like different backgrounds but I kind of felt like my kind of uni experience was like a lot of extreme wealth so when you've kind of come from what I thought was like a really like normal kind of background it kind of highlights a lot of things that you don't really have access to with like resources so I think I think studying in London is kind of like that um so I wasn't expecting it to be kind of as intense for that and just feeling a bit I don't know how to describe it not like alienated because I think a lot of other people do kind of feel like that mm -hmm. but um it was like good to like obviously like make friends and like find people who are like similar to you but there was like quite a lot of jarring bits where like people just say stuff that's just completely like a different world from you <laughs> just like mm -hmm. I don't know like as an example like in the book there's like someone who as a side project was like launching a fashion line at the Bulgari hotel and like that was like a real thing and just like for me that was like ridiculous because it's just like the idea of like you're finishing like your final year but then somehow you have the resources and like time to launch a fashion line yeah <laughs> and yeah like it's just like stuff like that like obviously not everyone was like that but there was like quite a lot of extreme wealth mm -hmm. Was that your sort of route into, it's obviously quite an important um, aspect of sour pickles, um, that side of things, the sort of the financial economic side of sort of trying to be an artist. Was that your way into the story? Um, was, was that always something you wanted to highlight in the story or did that sort of come to you once you started working on it? Yeah, I guess because that was such like a big part of I guess my experience and like I think I had like a lot of internalized shame of like where I came from even though I shouldn't hmm. but I think it's like when you're in those environments and you want to be like perceived like a certain way and not like you know just not like blend in because you can't but I don't know how to explain it it's just like I was just around people where they had like a lot more things and uh you kind of just like bury like a lot of what your real thoughts are just to kind of seem hmm like the most digestible person of you because you can't really be like that angry kind of jaded person at that point but <laughs> I think after well I kind of worked in art galleries for like 
about six years and it kind of it continues on in those industries yeah. and I think I was just like really fed up I think um of just like seeing like a lot of privilege and like a lot of access to things and like obviously you think at some I don't know if this is quite negative like you think um you kind of have the same opportunities as people but you obviously kind of don't depending and I don't know it's just like when you kind of go into think something being a bit optimistic and then you just kind of repeatedly see like similar patterns of stuff and it's like yeah mm. <laughs> obviously it's like doable sometimes but it's definitely working in the arts where there's like really low salaries and then you realize that like you kind of have to have a background where you're able to afford to work in that and when you mm. don't it's kind of like uh <laughs> yeah I and like I think because I made a, like basically most of that comic during COVID where that stuff was just basically really highlighted with like different people's kind of access when it's like talking about like um if you're in like crisis mode I guess of like so for me like I got made redundant from like my job at like Tate and it was kind of interesting to see what people were able to do I guess mm -hmm. when it's like yeah I don't know yeah <laughs> I I was interested to hear that because I think you mentioned that when in your social media takeover that you did for Avery Hill to promote the launch of the book um, <laughs> and I was kind of interested the same thing happened to me I was working for a big London arts venue um, and I lost the job uh, quite early on in the pandemic I think we were on like furloughed for a little while and then it yeah that's what I heard and it all just went wrong <laughs> um, so yeah I was quite interested that you had a similar experience um, for me it was really sad because I'd worked there for so many years like almost 20 years and I had a lot of friendships that had gone on for a very long time and also just sort of casual workplace friendships where you're kind of like oh I don't know if we know each other well enough to kind of stay friends now that this has come to an end <laughs> but but definitely a lot of the stuff you're talking about is very familiar to me from that job um there were times when we were trying to sort of I did a bunch of us did some work with the union at one point trying to get the London living wage for the workers. It was um, a big theatre in London um, and, you know, management being really resistant to that, but then kind of doing a sort of 80 million pound refurbishment of the building <laughs> like a year later and kind of thinking, well, it's hard to even see where, where, where that money went. It's just very strange. <laughs> yeah it's really hard not to be a bit jaded when you've worked yeah. in the and um, like I don't know I used to work at another gallery in like a front of house position it was always that thing where they like say that they don't have enough money to like increase your pay make it like London living wage and stuff like that but then yeah there's always money for other things but um yeah. I don't know I think with me with um like the Tate stuff I guess like I kind of thought like my 2020 life at the very beginning things are going the right way because I got like a job that I really liked and um it kind of was like seemed like it was naturally progressing that way and then obviously with COVID it kind of like plummeted down it's like oh no <laughs> and then it's like that whole industry is kind of when you're kind of having to like apply for other jobs you're just like looking at it and it's like there's hardly anything there and yeah they got like a massive government bailout which they didn't really obviously whatever they were prioritizing they didn't prioritize it on like workers and I was really involved with like the union as well during that time um and like went on strike and stuff like that but um yeah it was kind of amazing their handling of it because it was so bad yeah. <laughs> like I think they made people like email people that they were making them redundant I think on the bank holiday weekend and it's just yeah yeah we had lots of similar stuff <laughs> 
going on. Um, I I was in the lucky group in that I'd worked there so long I had a contract with the the, the company, but the majority of this, the front of house staff were on casual contracts and you know zero hours and and they were just kind of cut loose and that you know those are the people that that really were going to struggle to get something else sorted. At least I got a little bit of redundancy payment and stuff, but yeah, they they don't tend to treat the workers very well in these places. <laughs> No, I mean, I was lucky I got like a redundancy payout, but um, that was through the union because I was legally not entitled to it because I didn't realize you have to work somewhere for like two years to be, I think, entitled to like the minimum one. Mm. (laughs) But I think, yeah, you basically had to like do something. Oh, no, I don't know. I can't really remember it, but it's it was quite strange because it wasn't really redundancy. I think it was them extending the furlough. (laughs) Right. So... (laughs) Tony Cloud's like employed, but I wasn't, I don't know how to, yeah. Yeah. Just very, I'm sure there was like a HR reason to that, but it's, yeah, it was a very strange time. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely a very bad time for people trying to make a living in the arts <laughs> the last few years. Um, yeah, and, and it hasn't really recovered either. No, it's... no, nowhere near. Um, <laughs> no. So to go back to Sour Pickles, um, how did you sort of start that? What was the the, the genesis of the, the book? Um, I think I kind of did it to prove that I could actually write like a long comic because I've mm. done loads of like um, short, like small ones that I like self-published that were kind of around like 28 pages max. Um, so I just wanted to prove to myself I could actually carry out like a long story and just like, um, yeah, develop my kind of um, narrative skills because obviously when it's like 28 pages it doesn't have to kind of convey like things that are kind of well they can but I guess it's like trying to successfully convey a story in like a longer format so it kind of started as that and I kind of felt like it the story itself was kind of like a nice way to kind of process a very strange time in my life and kind of feel like I'm done with that and then just put it down and then just kind of I don't know how to describe it just because it's yeah a weird kind of chaotic time in my life that I kind of look back at it now because there's been enough time because obviously I think I graduated in like 2013 so I can like laugh at some things but obviously when it's like closer to that point it's like you can't really look at stuff with that much hindsight and be like yeah (laughs) yeah definitely and at what point did um Avery Hill get involved were you already working on it or did they reach out to you to see if you had any projects you you were kind of already started on yeah so when I was in my like unemployed like kind of stage I was basically just like I've got all this time so I'm just going to just like continue with this project because I was kind of doing it before kind of COVID started but um I was just like posting it online and then I think they got in touch I think when it most of the draft stages were done so I was like posting like full kind of inked pages of like the earlier bits of the story. So I guess you could probably kind of follow that it was like quite a big comic or like for me at that point, um, cause I think it's only like 80 something pages, but um, yeah, like I got like a, like a message from Ricky, which was really nice. Cause I guess um, I'd met them before at like comic fairs. Mm. So I guess it was just seeing what it, the actual comic was because then I had to obviously send like a pdf and kind of a bit more information on it because I guess when you just post images with no text it's kind of quite uh, a bit vague isn't it yeah um all right so so you were already posting some of it online um 
Have you found um, social media quite useful in terms of getting sort of work job opportunities and things for for your self-published work and your your freelance work? I guess so. I think it's probably better actually doing like fairs. I find mm. that like um, kind of more interesting, I guess, when it's like people actually see your work outside of like the, the like your phone. Yeah. But um, no, I have had like, I guess it's that thing, isn't it? Where just more people see it if you put it out there, which is always good. And then obviously like applying for like fairs and like other events and stuff, it's nice to have like a visual kind of portfolio, just like a sketchbook that's mm. like really accessible. But um, I think, yeah, fairs are like probably the ones that I thought were kind of most um, interesting for like professional like development, I guess. Yeah, I, I saw from your website that you've you've taken part in quite a lot of um, fairs, it seems like. What's your experience been? Um, mine's been very varied, depending <laughs> on what kind of fair it was. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I tend to find that if it's like a comics like fair, that one is usually like really successful because obviously people go in there to want to buy comics mm. I've done like illustration ones where like, I guess like people just buy like prints and like other bits and pieces but um I tend to want to do more comics ones because then I can also buy loads of comics from people <laughs> so I don't know it's quite strange because I've done Elkaf and then and that's like my favorite one but then I did um uh, one in like New York I can't remember what it's called if it's like Comic Arts Brooklyn I think oh, wow. um, and that was really fun and like it was quite fun like to celeb spot like certain like comic artists <laughs> that like I'd followed and just like loved yeah. for like ages um, but that was more of like applying on a whim and not thinking I was gonna get it and like just like a fun experience to see what it's like in the US because I guess I've only ever done them in like yeah just really London <laughs> that's kind of yeah. the only places really where I've done them but they're always like interesting to see who like the demographic is of certain fairs and like what's kind of happening in that scene mm -hmm. but yeah I do miss them because it's like not really seeing that many like self-published stuff and like it was always like really fun to kind of see other people's work and like how like I don't know they've printed things just yeah, yeah. it's not quite interesting with COVID just being in your room all the time seeing yeah. things digitally <laughs> Yeah, I definitely enjoy that about attending fairs and just getting to talk to people about um, yeah every aspect of the stuff that they make and how they print it and where and um, yeah it's really fun. I think I I mentioned before we started recording that I did Thought Bubble this year and I think everyone was just so happy <laughs> to be there and to be able to do that again. Um, it seemed to be really well run with the COVID stuff. Everyone was masked and you know everyone seemed to comply with that quite well um but yeah I think there was just this atmosphere of, of people were so excited to be able to kind of see each other again after such a long time and yeah that community feeling was really nice I think yeah I really miss that it's yeah it must have been really nice to see those of people that you haven't in like ages and just yeah browse and look at everything yeah do you have um others around the country that you want to try that you haven't done yet um I'd like to do Thought Bubble I've just like never applied I guess I guess when it's like I don't know the idea of like I don't know if, like, I guess fairs take a lot of time and like prep like prepping and like, I usually try and have like a new comic for each one yeah. so I guess I was trying to work on like on a long comic and kind of focus on that instead of just like doing loads of fairs but obviously with like Covid that kind of stopped anyway <laughs> but I think um 
yeah next year I kind of want to do that one and just see actually what's happening I guess because I don't really know because I know some fairs probably aren't happening next year just because it's so up in the air and we don't really know yeah yeah I guess we just have to wait and see <laughs> I know I, I just felt like yeah I was getting to like a good point of like oh I can combine going on holiday with doing like a fair and like kind of do stuff like that because I'd like to do um the like Toronto one that'd be like fun but um yeah I don't think with COVID, <laughs> it's like booking a trip that's like yeah we might just have to wait a little bit longer I think yeah that's that's the only one I've done outside of uh, the UK is the TCAF uh, Toronto yeah. one and like you say I was I found it so surreal to see people that I've followed their work online for so long just sitting across from me <laughs> being like oh god it's you yeah, as well, it's that thing of like um, postage. And I was like so expensive to get stuff yeah. from like yeah Canada and like the US. So it's like if you get to go, obviously it's expensive to go there anyway. Just like buy loads of stuff, but like you wouldn't have to like yeah pay shipping on, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, to talk about your your artwork style, is it a mixture of digital and traditional, or is it hundred percent digital? Um, I draw it all by hand and oh. um, like felt tips okay. uh, well felt pickles is always like felt tips I think I'm still trying to figure out what I feel is like the best medium because mm-hmm. it's like I used to use like um brush pens but then I felt like I couldn't really get that much detail in so then I started using those ones to or like felt tips to try and get more but um it's mostly just like ink in some mm-hmm. format and then I'll just scan it in and then like edit it um like in Did photoshop you- you use some sort of textures and some sort of halftone type textures and things. Yeah. Is that something you add later in Photoshop? Um, I do loads of like, there's, I think in South because there's a lot of like brush, like smooshing. Oh, okay. <laughs> like that's actually with like a real brush. I don't think, um, yeah, I don't think I did that much like digital. Well, obviously the coloring, um, mm-hmm. the, like the colored kind of pages, that's all digital. Um, but yeah, it's mostly just like all the black and white is like all inked and then if there's any like fun coloring that's usually yeah photoshop but right. i want to get into actually just coloring with like paints and stuff and like pens because mm-hmm. i kind of i do like digital but then it's that thing where you're always like in between it's like i like the idea of having a really nice page that you've physically done and yeah but then digital is really convenient and you don't, I don't know, like you can obviously just easily erase stuff. Whereas obviously when it's like with like wet materials that like you can't really do that so much unless you just yeah. cover over it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I'm always like in, in between of like, if I want to go fully digital, which is like, would be like probably handier and cheaper. <laughs> but mm-hmm. then it's like, I kind of like the traditional kind of format and just like the actual like full, like just physically looking at a page and be like, oh, I spent that much time doing it. Whereas I don't know why with digital stuff, I never feel like the time was actually spent. Well, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Because I guess it, when you edit it, you just remove it. So you don't really see the whole process. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bit of a strange disconnect um, with digital work sometimes. I, I've, I've really started to love working digitally just for all the convenience and stuff. But yeah, yeah I, I do miss not having a page of, of paper that I can look at. <laughs> that's kind of yeah the major downside um, yeah I'm still trying to figure it out like what I prefer but I'm always like envious of, like people who are really like textual with like yeah paints and stuff with like making comics but obviously that's really labor intensive but yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm just trying to find like a happy place between them 
Yeah. And also you mentioned coloring, um, how I think I've seen lots of people comment that they love the coloring of sour. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, how do you, and you, you also sent me your, the zine, um, is it vague in other dimensions, which, um, yeah. was a, I think that was how Ricky had found your work originally or something. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Which, it's not quite the same, but it's it's kind of similar. Um, how did you kind of arrive at that style of colouring? Um, I just really like pastels. <laughs> I think that's like my favourite type of like um, colour palette. So I guess it's, um, I guess with sour pickles, that's just more like, it's not like intention. I don't know how to describe like the colouring. It's just like, blasts of color it's not like done to kind of make it look realistic it's kind of more like of a hazy kind mm -hmm. of more of like an atmospheric type of coloring but um yeah is it vague in other dimensions it's kind of more like trying to build in like the world I guess with the coloring I don't know I don't mm. seem I don't know it sounds quite vague <laughs> but um yeah, I think that's like a stepping stone, I guess, because I guess it's like a similar palette, but that one is like kind of used more for actually like, yeah, building like the world in like a more, um, I don't know, <laughs> like not very good at articulating myself with that. I really, yeah, I liked seeing the way you did it um, because I feel like I'm really boring when it comes to colouring. Like I, I have quite a realistic approach to artwork and it's kind of like if there's a sky <laughs> I fill it in with blue <laughs> and you know stuff like that and all the discrete elements are kind of different colors um, so I thought it was it was really interesting to see the way you did it um, and you, you used a mixture of color and black and white as well for sour pickles um, where did that idea come from and what's how did you decide you know is it part of the storytelling you know which parts are black and white and which parts are color um, I think it kind of initially started with like I was maybe going to do it black and white and then try and learn how to color things to make it look like more realistic but you know like not like realistic I don't know how to describe it like um, I don't know I'm really envious of people who can color like properly with like where they know how like light falls on things to make it look more like three not 3d yeah. but like more like real I don't know yeah yeah like with depth and actually where the coloring adds like that to the illustrations but um I kind of because I did um at some point during sour pickles I think when I started scanning it in I got like a really intense job in like uh global marketing so uh -huh. I kind of didn't have that much time to uh experiment and play around with coloring so I thought it was probably more fun to kind of just make it as abstract because I guess some of the story is kind of a bit in that vein anyway so I thought it was kind of like a nice um way to kind of highlight say like the kind of full pages just to make it seem yeah. a bit more like I don't know not dreamy but kind of a bit weird I guess because if it's not actually like colored in like a correct way I don't know if there is a correct way but yeah yeah I know what you mean <laughs> Um, I would have loved to have had like loads of time to develop the coloring to make it look like yeah more depth and like I don't know but I, I definitely feel like coloring is like a big aspect that I really need to work on for myself <laughs> I don't know because I just well, do things in like, black and white <laughs> <laughs> well black and white can be brilliant um and like I say I've seen lots of positive sort of comments about the way that it's colored so 
I think there's just this thing that every artist looks at people that do things differently to them and go oh maybe I should be doing it like that yeah I'm really yeah guilty of that like there's so many like really amazing like comic artists and just like I wish I could have that kind of thing but obviously that's like years worth of their own development into image making Hmm. so I need to kind of yeah look at that a bit but they're all kind of going I think in that way just like figuring out like a good way to color but it also I guess depends on like the story completely like what complements it and like what works with it yeah um and you mentioned the sort of the abstraction um and stuff in your style that I really enjoyed um that and I think there's I think comics is almost the ideal medium to sort of write about things like drug experiences and things like that because, <laughs> because I I feel like that abstraction can kind of lend itself to describing that sort of experience where other formats kind of struggle, like um, having worked in this theatre for a long time, occasionally there were plays where there would be a a scene where someone was under the influence of drugs and it was always really embarrassing or cringy. Um, I think it can be done in film quite well sometimes and things, but I just think there's something about having it drawn um, and being kind of stylized or abstracted that that kind of almost it's almost the ideal way to try and tackle that subject matter I don't know what you think no I think that's true I think it's easier because if it's like you're already like doing world building with how you draw that like Mm. you have more control in how you can make the story kind of go obviously if it's like stuff with drugs you can kind of make it as like weird or as like representative as you can but yeah like TV and plays like really hard if it's like well it's it's sort of an internal experience isn't it and when you're just looking at an actor kind of trying to convey that it's quite hard whereas with with artwork I think you can do maybe do a more interesting job of trying to show what that's like as an experience yeah I think comics and cartoons are really good for that I think that's kind of why I go into that medium anyway because it's just easier to be more expressive I guess with that Mm. kind of thing I really I really enjoyed the um the expressiveness of the faces of your your (laughs) is that something you've always been good at sort of capturing facial expressions um I think a lot of the expressions are quite pain (laughs) to describe it like like not like negative ones it's kind of like wincing and stuff where I think as a person I'm very much like that (laughs) I think that's probably why like depicting people in that way but I guess it's just um I yeah I really enjoy drawing faces um and like obviously you can just make it look as ridiculous as possible really with like eyes and like mouths and stuff like that but I guess it's like watching cartoons I guess like you kind of pick up that kind of I don't know you can kind of I don't know how to describe it I guess because they're so expressive you kind of Mm. if you just watch loads of stuff you kind of like pick up ways of like how to communicate certain things yeah yeah, I think there's a lot of like weird faces in it but they're they're always fun to do yeah I love drawing faces um I kind of hate having to try and get trying to get characters consistency across long form stories I really struggle with that but um I love drawing yeah moments of kind of where you're trying to express what's happening inside the person just by their facial expression that's really fun I think you're right there's like a shorthand in animation sometimes um where where they do that really well that you can kind of pick up on yeah that was also like a challenge though as well when it's like you're doing a story with like certain characters that are going to be throughout it so it's like trying to master 
drawing them repeatedly where they still look like themselves but then obviously when it's like new expressions it's like trying to figure out the best way where it kind of still looks like them in like a weird kind of yeah different face yeah it's really hard I really struggle with it um yeah the other thing I wanted to ask you about was because your your zine um is it vague in other dimensions that's sort of um quite autobiographical as well um is that something you gravitate towards as opposed to sort of pure fiction um yeah I don't know why I do (laughs) I think it's just like I find it maybe easier to do that because it's I don't know don't know how to describe it I guess with that it's like I feel like if you made up your own story that would take a very very long time Mm. and like make it like really good and I feel like I'm not that successful at doing stuff like that but then I also kind of feel like there's some bits in life that are quite like bizarre and I think with that one is it big enough dimensions I kind of um I guess when it's like something that you're quite used to because obviously it's about like my family and like growing up and they're quite um I don't know like they believe in like conspiracy theories and like they were like anti-vax and like yeah believe in aliens and like my mum believes in a lot of stuff which I don't really believe in at all but it's that thing of like when other people react to me talking about it then you're like oh maybe people find that interesting or just um I don't know I guess it is like a very particular viewpoint but I also thought it was um when I released that it was quite nice with other people reaching out to me who also had similar things and I don't know I, th- I always think that's nice because it's like you just want to I don't know if it is relatable to someone that's good especially if it's like a bizarre story it's always nice when people reach out I mean even with like sour pickles I've had quite a lot of really nice messages from people being like I don't know telling me that they like related to the story and it reminded them of their like time at university so I always think that's nice when it's something people kind of have a connection to Mm. but yeah definitely the is it vague of the dimensions I mean I kind of felt like some of it is just like kind of like a joke <laughs> you know just like when you kind of look back at things it's like yeah you can yeah. kind of see like the comedy in like some like the ridiculousness of like I don't know like how you were raised yeah I guess it's like at the time it's like my parents were against vaccines so I didn't have vaccines I had to like um, forge signatures but now like they got like the COVID vaccine which is good but then it's just um very strange to have been brought up in a certain way and then you develop your own um like personality and your own belief system and then you kind of look at like obviously it's the same with any parents isn't it but it's Mm -hmm. just when it's a bit more weird with aliens (laughs) yeah um yeah I think you did a great job in that of um sort of approaching it with humor so that it you know, it was potentially quite intense subject matter, but it was also yeah. really, really funny. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> and you managed to kind of capture it in, in, you know, quite a short sort of comic. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I'm, I'm the same as you in that I just find autobio a really sort of obvious and easy way into telling stories. Um, it just seems to be the natural way for me. And I agree it's it's lovely when people reach out who've had similar experiences and kind of that's a really nice aspect of it um do you do you ever wrestle with that thing with autobio where you worry about writing about other people and yeah. <laughs> them in your work? it's such a tricky thing yeah. how do you it's, sort of reconcile that 
it is I think with like is it big you know the dimensions I kind of did it where like I didn't necessarily like I quite I don't know how to say it like I kind of did it a bit light touch where it wasn't necessarily what I really think about things but yeah. kind of just really matter of fact with like certain things and just like use that but I guess the sour pickles um I was concerned about certain friends reading it and just like certain like people in my life but then it kind of yeah I don't know it's like one of those things where it's like my own experience so they can't really I don't know how to describe it it's like yeah I know what you mean yeah I don't know it's that thing where it's like if I was ever asked before that I would say the same thing but you know when no one's I don't know I tried not to um I don't know yeah (laughs) trying to like think for this because it's a bit of a tricky one I kind of did it where I wouldn't if someone directly asked me about something that was in it I would have like a very good answer (laughs) to like that was very diplomatic about something I guess because it yeah is your own experience and like if someone's trying to convince you that it's not that's kind of a bit strange yeah but yeah um, I agree you you have a right to sort of write about your own experience and if other people have you know <clears throat> have if other people's behavior has affected you you have a right to write about that as you say it's just that's your experience and if they have a different view of it then that's fine <laughs> they could they could write their own story <laughs> if they want yeah to. also I think like a way where because I did have a lot of anxiety about it because I initially was just going to self-publish the book and um obviously that's like a smaller audience but obviously, like, um, for it to be published by Avery Hill, there's, like, more people would see it. I kind of felt a bit better about that stuff by thinking, well, nobody really knows the people in the book. So, like, they wouldn't even, like, put together who it was anyway, because it's just, like, yeah. Yeah. No one in their, like, lives, and there's no one of particular, you know, like, interest. It's just, like, a character in this. So there is, like, some distance of it anyway being released. But, um yeah it's always strange because you never really know what people that you because I feel more um I don't know I don't really like people that I actually hang out with a lot reading the stuff I've done because I guess when it's that thing of like they like see I don't know like your real perspective of some things and it's just like I'm not really I think that good at articulating uh certain feelings so it's that thing of like when they see it in that it's like oh yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's it's quite um, it's quite an awkward thing, but I think you just have to go with a, your gut feeling. And obviously, there are some things that are maybe too personal that you wouldn't necessarily you would think, okay, maybe I, I don't mention that or whatever. But you know, you do have a right to kind of write about your your experiences. Um, yeah, it, I kind of always feel weird when it's like people from work, where it's like you have a very like professional like face. Yeah. And then with stuff like this, they kind of realize how much of a chaotic person you are. And it's like, yeah, there's some things you want to like, keep a bit like to yourself, obviously. Yeah, I've had that <laughs> thing of, of I did um, Inktober one year where I did a comic, a daily comic, just from, you know, things that were happening day to day. And in one of those, I wrote about a work colleague and I was like, oh, she'll never see this. And then my boss kind of saw it uh, and was like, oh, can I print it out and show it to her? I think she'll love it. And all of a sudden I was like, ah, I was hoping no one would see, no one would come across this. So it is quite strange when you think of that that person is actually gonna see it. Not that I was writing anything, you know, horrible or anything. I know what you mean 
it's always like you feel a bit on edge because you don't know how it will be perceived by that person because it's that thing of like if you don't intend for it to be a certain way people can obviously react mm-hmm. and feel like it's a bit I don't know yeah. if they get hurt I don't know I, yeah yeah they might think you're taking the mickey or yeah I also feel like I don't draw people in a like in a flattering way so whether they like see the drawing be like why am I like ugly yeah. <laughs> like something like that is like is this really what you see of me even though it's like in a style and it was never you know like supposed to look accurate to the people like I feel like some people would be like why have you highlighted this about me I don't know yeah I, I a couple of years ago I set up a Patreon and I didn't really think about this aspect of it but one thing I really like is that I can put stuff on there that a very small number of people can see and it's quite nice to it feels kind of like having more freedom because I just know that that very small group of people can read it and it's a place where I can put stuff that's only semi-public and I know who's gonna uh, see I feel more like that like the older I get with like I guess with like who follows me on like Instagram where it's like a lot of people from like professional areas of my life and it's like it would be nice to have some of it a bit private or just it's just people who follow you who don't know you in real life I don't yeah. know <laughs> or yeah. like not like anyone does or says anything about it but it's just that freedom isn't it just to be yeah. able to express yourself and not have like people that you see day to day being like a bit I don't know it's not even like I post anything like that weird but it's that thing of like it is just the freedom of like you can just put, throw something out there and like no one knows you yeah. I used to feel like that was like yeah like tumblr <laughs> but um yeah I think because Instagram there's so many people from real life like family mm. <laughs> but um yeah so and, and have your parents read all of your your comics how do they feel no. <laughs> <laughs> no I kind of keep that very separate I don't really tell them about that stuff um yeah. I don't know it's I think it's different because I think some people probably would like their parents to see it I kind of want them not to see it so I don't know I don't because it's kind of I don't know how they'd react to certain things Mm. even though if we had that conversation it would be like there is like like a nice way to articulate it but yeah I just feel like maybe it would be perceived in a certain way so I kind Mm. of yeah don't really (laughs) yeah of course and there's there's always odd factors that come into it. I remember talking to Elizabeth Quirstret. I don't know if you know her her work. Um, she does lots of comics that are sort of based on her life. And she said at one point she'd written a comic about her brother, not really thinking about the fact that he was, he was a he think he's a teacher, primary school teacher or something, and that his students could come across that online oh, and, yeah. and kind of laugh at him for the story that she was telling in this comic. <laughs> So there's always oh, these no. com- complex factors that come into how you how you decide what you can and can't sort of write about. Um, but I guess you just have to kind of go with your gut, really, and say if this oh, is no. a story I really want to tell. Um, yeah, I kind of wish in, if I could go back in time, would use like a different name that was like not as connected to me, or as easier to find. Like some of my friends, you've got like names for like the art practice, which is like not anything to do with that actual name I kind of would love that freedom but I can't really go back now but like yeah yeah. but I mean it it has its pros and cons as well because then it's you know I think when I first started freelance illustrating years and years ago I, I initially I went with a name that wasn't my name and then I was kind of like it's it's a lot easier to kind of brand this stuff when it's just me (laughs) and it's obviously I don't know it's a tricky thing I guess 
yeah there's definitely pros and cons to it but I guess yeah I think with like autobiography stuff and stuff that's quite personal it's kind of nice to have like um like a boundary but yeah. I don't know I think it's like my actual name is like quite unusual yeah. it's that thing where you're really easy to track and I kind of don't really like yeah, that's true <laughs> not like anyone would like bother doing that but it's that thing of like yeah it just always feels slightly weird when it's like they could easily find you if they wanted <laughs> yeah god yeah my name has a weird spelling as well that's yeah it's like, <laughs> it's like obviously you you can't blame it yeah. on someone else it's, <laughs> yeah, it's that other it's that other clear yeah um, <laughs> So um, before we wrap up, um, I just want to ask, uh, are you working on any new projects in the sort of comics area? And what are you working on? Yeah, I kind of want to make one that, well, I kind of planning it, something that was like very loose, I guess, in comparison to how I normally work. Because I, as I mentioned, I kind of want to get better at colouring. So I kind of want to make one with a completely different approach to how I normally make comics. Because I guess Sour Pickles was very like, the whole process of that was quite rigid for me so I kind of want to experiment more in how I image make with like a story that's not really um I don't know how to describe it it's just like a short comic I guess um that's a bit more experimental but then I actually want to redo is it vague no the dimensions okay. because I feel like um how I've drawn in that like I feel like I've changed a bit so I kind of want to redo it and again play with different coloring for it because I sold all of them and I kind of don't want to get them reprinted because I don't know if you, you get this as well where it's just like oh I did that years ago I don't really yeah. like how I've drawn that I want to change it or something like that and then just be yeah. like done with it but I kind of want to um yeah kind of relook at that and just like redraw it even though it probably sounds a bit like a bit of a waste of time I think for me I just want it at a point where I don't feel kind of a bit strange about it. So if you did that would you add anything sort of story-wise or would it just be visually that you were changing it I don't know I kind of it would be fun to add something to it but then it's also I don't know if it kind of changes the story because mm. there's like this bit that I want to add in that's like um I think my mum told me like a really bizarre story about spiders I think when I was younger and it's one of those things that like if I had repeated it maybe to other people they would just think that's like a really weird like not like I don't know just like a really I don't want to say like bizarre but it's just not really something that's like I would say scientifically accurate where it's well I don't know if that's just me being like a bit negative and not opening my mind to other ideas but like this thing of um like spiders come from another dimension or something okay. and it, like from a time when people lived in trees and they came to this world by like a different frequency so it's just like a weird story of like I guess when I asked why do we have spiders she gave this like quite intense story that like yeah. yeah I was like terrified of aliens and this made it seem like there's like a whole universe of things where the spiders come from and kind of ending it with like saying um there is worse creatures than spiders <laughs> uh yeah so I was kind of thinking of maybe adding in something like that but then I kind of don't know if that kind of changes the story of that one I don't know I feel like it has three parts and it's kind of like they each one lead to another but mm. I guess I'll see <laughs> yeah that's really tricky um I one thing I really liked about my the two books that I've done with Avery Hill was being able to have an editor help me with stuff like that because <laughs> it's so great yeah. to have someone to ask and to go what if I put this in with what do you think and those decisions are so hard to make when it's just you on your own <laughs> 
yeah that's something I really really benefited from and it was like really nice to have someone else look at it and mm. just be because like I'm like really dyslexic so I would like miss out words I have like really bad spelling so when someone else is looking at it being like oh yeah there's these mistakes it's like nice to know that something's out there without any any mistakes yeah. <laughs> in that way but yeah, yeah definitely an editor is like super useful um but yeah when it's like self-publishing it's like you kind of only really rely on yourself yeah that. or like maybe you send it to a friend but yeah it's nice when it's like you've got multiple things out there that you know that there aren't any grammar issues or yeah things missing yeah definitely are you um working on anything at the moment or like future plans I'm trying to start on another book um I have a I have hopefully what is a good idea but it's just finding time at the moment because with losing the job and and now uh, I'm now I'm juggling lots of little odd freelance it just hustling really um, yeah. I find like I've almost got less time than I had before to kind of work on it but I just have to do it as and when I can really yeah when I was unemployed I had like a lot of guilt of what I spent my time on because it's like obviously when you're doing like universal credits like applying for loads of jobs I'm just like doing that and trying to do comics at the same time but then feeling like oh maybe if I'm focusing on that that's not productive I don't know but it's always yes. with freelance it's like very hard to have good boundaries I feel it is it's really hard um I definitely at one point made the decision to just have weekends yep. <laughs> like a normal person and that was a really good decision for me um and you can still you know if you're up against a crazy deadline you can kind of break the rules a little bit but it is it's important I think if you're freelancing to kind of have a system and to say yeah. no I don't I don't work on Saturday or whatever it is <laughs> Yeah. I know it's hard though because it's like I don't know if it's the same with you but it's like I juggled a lot of my life of making stuff by working full-time so then all your evenings and like weekends used to be like that but now I'm at a point where I, I don't have the energy to do that because I really need mm. downtime or like I don't know maybe it was easier to do when like you're younger <laughs> I don't yeah. know but it's that thing of like I'm quite lucky that I got like a new job that's like only four days a week so I do having even like a three-day weekend's quite nice to get mm. on with stuff but it's yeah it's like takes a lot of time to make comics and it's like a lot of time by yourself as yeah. well like trying to think about things and just like look at it but yeah I mean the the theatre job was great for me because it was mostly evenings and that meant that I could do my work during the day when I was kind of fresh and had energy and then I could go and be a zombie <laughs> doing my yeah. paid job and now that I don't work evenings um yeah trying to get everything done during normal work hours is harder than I kind of expected but yeah you just have to kind of try and work it out and set aside time where you're like I'm definitely gonna spend the day on this today or whatever it might be yeah it's like getting like a good routine I think it's yeah. kind of hard and it's like your own project as well because it's easy to like I don't know I find like working out a composition of page takes like a really long time and then you actually have to think about it and get easily distracted Mm. So it's yeah, like actually I, putting in the hours yeah I find myself kind of trying doing anything but working on my own project sometimes I'm like uh yeah displacement activities and oh maybe I'll do a bit of accounting today instead of actually drawing That's anything kind of what I've done over Christmas <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything but actually work on the projects that are actually comics related because I yeah I took a bit of a break um just because I felt like a bit burnt out and then now I just like I should actually make stuff and make the most of this time but yeah there's always like if 
if it's like you're in freelance stuff just like finance admin and just it's coming up to, or it's super boring coming up to the tax <laughs> yeah. so I've just been doing that yeah. yeah I think like you say yeah you have to get a routine or you have to be disciplined with yourself and say Friday is when I'm gonna you know I'm gonna spend the whole day on this and then and then actually do it um, yeah. I find that once I once I get into it I'm more inclined to keep working on it it's when I've had to take time off for other things and come back that I can struggle to get back into it a lot um, yeah definitely I always find it with like drawing and if you take like a break you feel like it looks slightly different yeah <laughs> even though maybe to someone else it doesn't yeah but like I always feel like quite intense about those things like oh it has to be all done in like one block or something or even though yeah. it doesn't probably need to be but like, yeah, I'd like to do um like an like another comic that's like quite a long one. But it's yeah, finding in like a good block of time to figure out the story and all the compositions of all the pages and stuff like that, where it kind of seems yeah. like a like consistent story and doesn't just get like very strange at one point and then go back to normal. I don't know how to describe. Right. It sounds really interesting. I don't know if you're the same as me, but I always prefer working on a comic once I've got through that first stage of planning it and once I'm just making nice artwork. <laughs> because that, yeah. that planning, like you're describing, planning how the pages are going to work, it, I just find excruciatingly like hard work. And yeah, planning, I find that really hard. <laughs> yeah, where the text's going to go to make sense and, you know, you, kind of getting consistency and then thinking oh no that I've got a consistency problem here because something doesn't work from the page before and all that stuff is just ah but once I've kind of got a, a roughed out thing and I can just sit down and put a film on and then draw or something I really like that stage I, I love that stage it's like when you've done all the penciling and you see the inking and yeah you can just listen to an audiobook and it's mindless and just like do yeah, that I love that it's almost like autopilot um Although I've heard some comics people say that they really like the first stage because they like the problem solving and the putting mm. it all together. <laughs> I mean, it would be nice. It would be nice if that was. I just always find like the compositions of like where to put people and like mm. yeah, text and like with sour pickles, I learned a lot about text with that because like I had obviously only done comics like for self-published for like myself. So I didn't, obviously there's rules to text and like, obviously when it was like being edited, it was like, oh, you need to change this because that doesn't make sense with like this and this. But um, so that was really interesting to learn because I just never had, mm. I, I, or never thought about that stuff. So I guess that's stuff to take on to the next project. Actually, there is rules <laughs> like that, which I couldn't work out in the earlier stages. Cause I guess when I handed the draft, I'd already done like certain inking. So then mm. having to like, go back to it and like change it up so it actually makes sense as a bit like it was it was needed but it's that thing of like if I'd known I would have done that at a different stage but <laughs> I guess it's like the learning curve isn't it of like the first yeah. time you get someone looking at your work who actually is an editor <laughs> yeah yeah it's a learning there's a lot to there's just so much to kind of to juggle in your head when you're you're working on comics especially if you're writing and and the artist and everything on your own yeah. <laughs> even once you kind of have it all you have you've got a bit of experience you still make like I make so many silly mistakes I was drawing a scene with a bunch of people a lot of people around the table and I kept kind of moving the camera around them so it was viewing it from different angles and I kept getting like the wrong person sitting on the other side of that, that person and then mm -hmm. going oh hang on <laughs> and then I had to draw a map of where they were sitting and then realizing <laughs> all the mistakes I've made and I was like oh this is a nightmare <laughs>
Yeah, I think that's some of our, yeah, when it's just crowds of people and you have the different angles and you just kind of forget or like. Yeah, in my yeah. first book, I kept doing things like, because I, I don't, I don't like working on the pages in chronological order because I get bored. So I just kind of yeah. pick pages that I feel like working on. But that led to a lot of problems with continuity where I was like, this person's hairstyle changed and it's supposed to be yeah. the next day or the same day. And they, they're wearing a different outfit. <laughs> Things like I feel that. like I definitely flipped some pages when I realized that some things weren't like yeah like a hairstyle's on a different angle or something just like had to mirror it or something because it's yeah I, I did that where I did different sections of the book and then yeah revisited and then saw all of these like yeah <laughs> small differences where, where it's like I have the opportunity to change it now or just like live in regret <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, I I really look forward to seeing what you do next. Um, and thank you for talking to me. Um, if people want to find your work, where can they look you up online? Um, I use Instagram most of the time, and it's uh, Cleo Isadora, just on yeah Instagram as a handle. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. I do have a website, but I don't really update that as much. And that's just like cleoisadora.com. Okay, great. I'll put the link underneath for people. Thanks again to Cleo for talking with me and thank you for listening.